Welcome to Stepping Into the Light with Julia Treat, a weekly podcast devoted to helping you open up to your own unique abilities so you can receive loving and supportive messages from your loved ones, angels, and guides. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I want to discuss something today that may be a little more controversial for some of you. Lots of us have preconceived notions about fallen angels. We've been taught certain things growing up, and I know with me growing up in a Baptist household, I was taught that fallen angels were, um, I guess, very, I don't know how to explain it, very bad or negative entities, and that they were to be avoided, and that they were never allowed back into heaven and had been cast out. And just through my own personal experiences, I have shifted away from that belief. I write about fallen angels in my book, Stepping into the Light, in chapter 40. And so I wanted to read a little bit from my book about fallen angels. And I hope that you can listen to my personal accounts with an open mind and an open heart. Because you may just see things from a new perspective. And it's funny, when I was actually contemplating whether or not to include this chapter on fallen angels, I was asking God, you know, am I supposed to include this chapter? And I asked him that. I prayed that one morning as I was getting ready to go to yoga. And so I asked God, am I to include this chapter about fallen angels? And asked him to guide me, give me messages, guidance, answers, whatever. And I just went on about my day. I got dressed for yoga, got into my car. And as I began driving, I turned on my radio. And I was in Massachusetts at the time. I had taken a couple of months off of work. And I was there to only write my book and just get centered and really go within. And so I wasn't familiar with the radio stations there. And so I began to scan the stations. I hit scan and it would stop on a station and then um, for a brief moment or two and then move on. So as the radio stopped on one station, I heard a gentleman's voice and I didn't even hear anything he said. I just hit stop and I listened to this man. And he was, it was a preacher and he was preaching about fallen angels. And he was talking about how a group of Baptist ministers' kids, and I don't remember the year. It was it was several, I mean, many, many years ago. I don't know if it was 100 years ago, or I don't remember, but it was quite a time ago. But this preacher was talking about how these Baptist ministers' kids claimed that they could help fallen angels get back to heaven. Now, I have to be honest, like, that was a wow moment for me. I had just asked God to give me a sign if I was to share this information and include it in my book. And I took this as a sign of yes, that people needed to hear my story. Because it just may uh, make you have a different perspective on it all. So, let me just read here from chapter 40, and it's called Fallen Angels. There are many references about fallen angels in the Bible. It is said that they are cast out of heaven after performing acts against God 
and that they are banished out of heaven and into hell, where they will remain for eternity. After doing this work for several years and having my own experiences with fallen angels, I can't help but wonder if we have all of the facts. If this subject makes you nervous, I completely understand. So many of us were taught certain things growing up, but I can assure you that this is a beautiful story with an ending that will fill your heart with love and joy. I would encourage you to listen on. I have had a number of experiences with fallen angels. Yes, they have been cast out of heaven to live their days here on earth. Living here on earth as an angel who has been stripped of all love, light, and power truly is hell for them. And just to clarify something, as I write this portion of my book, I will be referring to angels as male or female, as they sometimes exude a more masculine or feminine energy. Throughout the past several years, I have encountered a handful of fallen angels. I believe that these angels are what people have seen when they refer to seeing demons. They appear a dark, grayish-black in color and appear to have somewhat dried-up skin, for lack of better words. Their eyes can be as black as coal or as red as fire. And I believe that it is our own beliefs and fears that will help manifest how they appear to us. They can appear so big and frightening, a far cry from the amazingly beautiful angels they once were. They are lost in a world that was not made for them, and they are so frightened of being discovered that they will go to any lengths to stay hidden. As far as I can tell, there are many, but they are not banded together like some sort of army. They exist alone in complete fear and isolation. They exist among us and work desperately to instill fear in those around them, all to ensure that they will be left alone. Their energy is much different from that of humans whose souls haven't crossed over yet, as it feels much darker and more sinister. From what I have gathered in my many dealings with these fallen angels, their energy appears so negative because they were once such beautiful and loving beings, not of this world. To go from that space of love and light working as God's messengers to a place where the vibration just does not resonate with them shifts these angels in ways we could never imagine. Still yet, if you believe that everything was created by God and in the likeness of God, you must believe that love can still exist even with these fallen angels. Fallen angels feed on our fears. They relish in the fact that we fear even the thought of their existence. They know our weaknesses and they prey upon them with the intention of keeping us so scared that we would never dream of messing with them. I heard a story once of a gentleman who believed he had an, an encounter with one of these demons. He was known to carry a rosary with him at all times, pulling it out often to say prayers of protection. He lived in fear and would say prayers morning and night. One evening, while he was at home, he began to feel a presence near him. 
He explained it as an evil presence, and he felt that he was in grave danger. He pulled out his rosary, and as he did, this demon, as he called it, grabbed it and tore it apart. When I was asked if I believed something like this was possible, I simply said yes. I do believe that these fallen angels can do scary and sometimes awful things if we believe that they can, especially when we give them so much power. I'm certain there are many others who have had experiences similar to or possibly even worse than this gentleman's, and I hope the following story can help those individuals in some way. This next part of my book is called The Angel at the Top of the Stairs. My first encounter with a fallen angel occurred after moving in with my boyfriend, Michael. I had lived in that little house at the lake, the one that I mentioned in the beginning of my book, for several years. It was time for a change, and Michael and I had been dating for some time, so we decided it was time to move in together. I sold my house and moved into his house with my two little dogs. Michael's home would prove to be a place for learning even more about my abilities. It was the place where I would see my first full apparition, a woman named Mary, floating down the stairs. I talk about that story in earlier chapters in my book as well. Mary would only be the beginning of what I describe as my full awakening. The experience I shared with her would be the catalyst to many more amazing synchronicities and occurrences that would happen in my life. I had no idea of the capacity of my abilities, but I was on my way to experiencing things like never before. I smudged our home with white sage regularly, clearing out any negative energy that may have crept its way in. Things always went smoothly, but I have to admit, I always felt like something was still there. I couldn't put my finger on it, but something didn't feel right. My dogs even acted different in Michael's home. Rosie would occasionally growl at Daisy, something she had never done before, and they began to have accidents in the house, something they had also never done before. I knew something wasn't right, but I just didn't know why. I attended a spiritual retreat with my mentor one summer and was introduced to something called Palo Santo. I had never heard of it before, but my mentor just couldn't say enough good things about it. Palo Santo means holy stick, she told me, and it is very powerful for clearing lower energy. I was intrigued, and when I got home, I ordered some. Within a few days, my Palo Santo had arrived. I decided to give my new clearing stick a try. It was a Friday night, and Michael was heading to the garage, his man cave, to have a beer and watch some television. I told him I'd join him in a little bit, but I wanted to clear the house first. I was eager to try the Palo Santo, as I had read that it was very powerful for not only clearing, but illuminating what, if anything, lies around us. I began as I always did, by saying a prayer and calling in all of my helpers. I asked God to fill our home with light, 
and called on Archangel Michael for protection. I asked all of the angels and archangels to help clear any lower energy that might be lurking within my home as I lit the Palo Santo. I started in the basement where I always did, moving about in a clockwise motion, envisioning the energy moving upward and outward. I made my way to the first floor where I continued clearing with the Palo Santo and my favorite smudging feather. Everything was quite calm and moving along smoothly. Things certainly felt different, lighter than usual. Maybe there was something to this holy stick. When I was finished with the first floor, I began moving up the stairs to the second floor. I'll never forget the feeling I felt as I started up the stairs. I had never felt it before. I was totally creeped out. I felt an uneasy feeling, and it felt like something was lurking above me in the ceiling. There's a high ceiling above the staircase, and I could feel something peering down at me. I paused and allowed the vision to come in. It played in my mind like a movie, and I began to see something dark in color, a dark grayish black something. It had wings and its skin was all shriveled up. It was masculine energy and I could see it plain as day. Needless to say, this freaked me out a little as I had never encountered anything like this before. And I had cleared a lot of houses. I abruptly turned around and headed down the stairs, all the while saying, what the hell was that? over and over in my head. I set the Palo Santo down in my conch shell, laid down my smudging feather, and headed out the back door to the garage where Michael was. When I walked into the garage, I sat across from where Michael was sitting. My face must have said it all, because as soon as I sat down, his eyes got really big and he asked, what in the heck did you see? All I could muster was a shaky, I don't know. After a few moments, I began telling him what happened and described the creature that I had seen. As I told Michael the story, his face began to shift into that of a look of surprise and disbelief. I can't believe you just said that, he said. He paused for a moment and then added, I saw that thing 10 years ago. My response was quite funny, I'm sure, because all that I could come up with was, why didn't you tell me that before? After an awkward silence, I just started laughing. I mean, you've got to admit it. We were having one crazy conversation. After a few more minutes, I had gained my composure and decided to head back inside. I sat up stated my intentions, and marched back into the house. There is no way I'm going to share my home with something like that, I said fearlessly. It has to go. When I entered the house, I sat down on the couch and came to a place of deep connection. I felt calm and peaceful and knew that everything was going to be okay. I called on God and said, God, 
creator of all that is, please show me what this is and what I need to do. There was no hesitation in his answer, and I heard it clearly. Fallen angel. Whoa, I thought. That is crazy, I said out loud. Things started going through my head, things that I had been taught as a young girl, such as angels who are cast out of heaven can never return. Well, if that was the case, so be it. But this thing was not going to live in the same house that I lived in. I closed my eyes once again and asked God to shine his light brighter than ever. I called on Jesus and Archangel Michael and asked for help. Please help this fallen angel, I prayed. As soon as I had asked, Jesus and Archangel Michael arrived. And like so many times before, that movie began to play in my head. I saw Jesus and Archangel Michael walking toward the fallen angel who was hiding in the stairwell. The angel was weeping uncontrollably and shaking in complete fear. And I watched as it pulled itself up into a tight little ball in the corner of the ceiling as Jesus and Archangel Michael approached. While I watched, I was guided to ask Jesus to place his hands upon the angel, which he did so lovingly. I watched as the angel immediately began to calm down. The angel's tears began to stop, and he looked at Jesus' loving eyes. With his hands still upon the angel's shoulders, Jesus said, My Father forgives everyone. All you have to do is ask. It's time to come home. The vision continued, and I watched as Jesus walked toward the light with his arm around the angel. Archangel Michael walked on the other side of the angel, ensuring him that everything was going to be okay. We've missed you, I heard Archangel Michael say to him as they made their way to the light. As soon as they all entered the light, the fallen angel turned into the most beautiful angel that I had ever seen. He floated up, looking up at the bright light coming from above. It was as if I could hear God talking to him, telling him how much he loved him. Welcome home was his greeting. As the angel reached the bright lights of heaven, my vision was over. I sat weeping for a bit, not out of sadness, but rather from a sense of joy. It was one of the most beautiful and loving things I had ever experienced, and my heart felt so full. After a few moments, I got up and finished clearing the rest of the house, as I wanted to ensure that I had cleared any residual energy that might have been left by the fallen angel. As I finished clearing, I could see the angel looking down from heaven at me. Although his lips weren't actually moving, I could hear him talking to me. He was thanking me for helping him get home, and he promised to watch over me forever. I will bring you many blessings, I heard him say. He was so grateful, and I could feel the love he held for me. You're welcome, sweet angel, I said quietly. Thank you for my lesson. I thanked him for all that he had taught me that day, 
And I thanked God, Jesus, and Archangel Michael for helping me see the truth. My experience with that fallen angel taught me lots of things. But most importantly, that God loves us unconditionally, and he wants us all to come home. I hope that you are able to see fallen angels in a different light now. We are all here to help each other get home, whatever that means. If it means helping each other get closer to God, get connected with angels and guides, or if it even means to help a fallen angel get home. That is what we are here to do. I love each and every one of you. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Stepping Into the Light. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with your family and friends. And be sure to visit Julia's website at juliatreat.com to sign up for monthly cyber swag, including meditations, rituals, readings, and lots of other life-changing stuff straight to your inbox. It's free.